It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So it's uh, all to play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello there, villains, and welcome to Further Love of Farmer Grab Podcast with Neil and Patty back again, which seems like deja vu because Joy seems like last week we were doing an Everton preview because it was only yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah. <preview. laughs> so uh, I was tempted, I'm not going to lie, Patty, I was tempted to just play back last time's Everton preview and see did anybody out there listen, you know, call, call <laughs> Stuff and see if we get any messages because uh, no, in fairness, in fairness, we do have some of the best listeners in the land uh, because it was brought to our attention recently. That the listeners are getting two for one on podcasts because one of our, our podcasts seems to be repeating. I apologize <laughs> about that. Trying to get to the bottom of it, I, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't know what's going on, but hopefully, um, we do have it have it have the issue solved. If you are listening to Spotify in certain geographical areas in the UK, um. The podcast might just repeat for no reason in the middle. It ain't anything to do with us, uh, but we're trying to figure out what it, what's happening with it on our podcast platform. But uh, hopefully it has been resolved. Um, but send us a little DM. Let us know if it does continue to happen because it's all about keeping you guys happy because we love you. We really do. And that's the moral of the story. If you get nothing else from this podcast, it's important to say that. We love you because you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. You subscribe to it on all the podcast platforms. So the least we could do is not have you listen to our rants and our tirades twice over, getting you doubly angry at times. But uh, less about that. Less about <laughs> that, that little public service. We listen to ourselves twice and go back and check what we said. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then go, oh, my God, what did I say that for? Oh, yeah. But... um. That's our little public service announcement out of the way. Um, but as I say, hopefully it is fixed. And thank you to everybody who brought it to our attention. But on to other pressing matters. Not that that isn't a pressing matter, but on to other pressing matters, such as Everton in Villa Park um, this weekend. As I say, we went to Goodison. As we know, Everton have been very good travelers this year, as in 
Uh, they've picked up a ton of points, ton of their wins have come away from mm-hmm. home. I don't have the statistic to hand. Um, I'm not going to look for it because it's going to take me too long to try and find it to see how many away, away wins they have. But um, they have been a lot more prolific away from home. Their style of play has been completely different away from home as well. Um, and they showed it as well. Showed it at the weekend, you know, with with their win away from home. And um, so we caught them on Goodison. It would be absolutely lovely to do the double over a team like Everton. You know, add it to a double over the likes of Arsenal because realistically speaking, Aston Villa need to start showing they're puffing their chest out now where we are and start uh, showing that we can compete with the middle tier teams and the upper upper tier teams. And then next year, push on, you know, and beat maybe the teams we're supposed to beat. But once again, I've said it the last two games over and over, this is a lovely barometer for Aston Villa are. And Paddy, all things are pointing towards we might have a small bit of magic dust back again on our left wing if rumours are to be believed. What's your take on that? Are you as hopeful as the internet seems to be today? Um, I'm hopeful... But um, I'm a little bit reserved in that. In that, I believe that if he does make an appearance, it would be from the bench. I don't think they'll rush him back into a start. Obviously, for those that don't get it, we're talking about Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think he'll um, I think he'll make his return from the bench, and if that's a success, we might see him play a full game on Sunday against Palace. I think he's probably getting a bit nervy now at this stage with only a few games to go that he needs to put in an appearance before the Euros. Um, I think I think once he gets back and plays a couple of full games, he 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 will definitely be in the squad. But uh, I think for us, it's important to get him back and get a few more points on the board because we're a little bit um, demoralised after the weekend. So it would be nice to get a win against uh, Everton. And we'll get to it later in the week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna accept nothing more than a win against Palace. So I'm hoping he's back in full fatal for Palace and starting. Yeah, win one more win takes us over the fifty point mark as well. So you know that's that's mm. definitely something to aim for. It would have been a pipe dream at the start of the season, and without setting where this this season could have gone short because of obviously our steam train came out coming out of the traps like a steam train. Um, you know, 50 points is a super, super achievement uh, for Aston Villa Football Club, especially over the last 10 years. And uh, we're on the cusp of that. Hopefully when we're uh, recording, maybe on maybe late Thursday night, maybe early Friday morning, we'll see whatever way the, the, the mood takes us. Um, we will be uh, we'll be celebrating the fact that we've broken 50 points and are, um, you know, and still looking good as the season uh, as the season comes to a close. But um, we've obviously gone and done everything in sh- such a sh- short space, such a short time ago, should I say? Um, do you think that kind of works in our favor, Paddy, or do you think that that's something that maybe works in Everton's favor? Do you think Everton are kind of looking at us, going, "Yeah, they shot their shot. Now we're going to be able to come back in," and uh, we've we've seen what they have. The element of surprise is gone. Or do you think this? Do you think that something like that comes into it in this professional game? I think it does. Yeah. Um... I was never a big fan of, 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 you know, like two-legged games and stuff because you learn an awful lot from the first one and generally one team is ahead and on the back foot then in the second leg. And and that's that's going to be the feel of what, what this is. So we're 1-0 up from the first leg. Everton will want to undo um, that result for their fans, I'm sure. Um, it, it, do, it does play in their mind. It's, it's an unusual circumstance that we play 
uh, two teams so close, or the same team so close twice, home and away um, in the league. But that's just the way it panned out with the with the cancellations, we'll say, um, from the COVID outbreak. Um, I still fancy to get uh, fancy us to get something out of it. I, I would be hopeful for a win. I'm not overly confident as such. Um, they played West Ham at the weekend. I thought they were a whole lot better than they were against us. Um, that might have a lot to do with the fact that they had Michael Keane and Neri um, Mina back mm-hmm. at the weekend. But as luck would have it for them, Yeri Mina picked up an injury, which has now finished him for the season. Um, they're also without James Rodriguez again uh, for the, for this game, so that's a good thing for us. So I think coupling them things, they got to reshuffle again. They they kind of went to three five two with Richarlison playing very close to Dominic Calvert Lewin at the weekend. So I I, I would imagine they'd probably revert back to a back four again with with Yeri Mina being out. That is. Yeah, Mikey Keane back, probably partners. He partnered um, Godfrey. Godfrey the last day, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and Holgate came on um, came on as well. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting, as I say. Uh, I'm like you. I think that there are lessons to be learned from both sides. I think that Aston Villa will, should be in a lot better place to, to marshal somebody like uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. I think that they'd be in a lot better position to... to um, Continue to keep um, the fullbacks, Everton's fullbacks, pinned back because that's what they did the last day. And I also think that if they were to learn anything, they would learn uh, how to play against Everton's two um, deep lying midfielders. Now, saying that at the weekend, I watched a small bit of Everton, and um, and there was a small bit more. Uh, how would I put it? A bit more of an attacking impetus from those two deep lying midfielders. So. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see that away. You know, once again, they were away from home, playing at home again. We don't have Ollie Watkins, which is a, a big elephant in the room here. The, oh, amount, yeah. of, the amount of the amount that, that they're go, that they were going to have to keep an eye on Ollie Watkins because of his movement and stuff like that. And whether you know we should have Ollie Watkins, we can't even appeal it. You know, the way it was done seems so dirty. But uh, look, them's the breaks, and we got it. We got to live with them. But where I kind of diverge from your uh from your thoughts of of, of the fact that the, the playing them t- so close together is the Jack Grealish even Jack Grealish on the bench there is no game planning for him at the moment I think that if they're going to play him he's going to come in and he's just going to be that extra impetus for this team completely exactly. change it up from the last day and I think um, the simple fact that he is there would lead me to believe they'll they'll revert to a bl- uh, flat back four and they yeah. will they won't be as attacking as they were the weekend. Um, I think the fact that there was three there at the back it gave them a bit of impetus to go forward. The Coleman and Dean were very, very, very high up. Um, and it also brought the, the midfield three into play because of that. So, um, you know, West Ham nearly punished them a couple of times on the counter-attack because of it. And we, we know we have the, the firepower there to do it, and especially with the guys we have running at them as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know, it's go- it's going to be one of those games that we're really looking forward to. As I say, I've said it a million one times before. This is a real barometer. 
heavily it has been a lot of money spent on this Everton team I've been saying it since last year as well it's beginning to get picked up a small bit now by a lot of other places that Everton have spent money and maybe they're not getting the return on their investment and the fact that they have Ancelotti but Villa have seemed to have the the um uh, how would I put it Villa seemed to have it seemed to be their bogey team you know we beat them once last year yes we did draw with them it was a draw when when Walcott got that hitter in the last moment um yeah. You know, and then we've already beaten them this season. So, you know, we're on a nice little streak against Everton and let's hope it uh it it does come to fruition again that we do the double over them at the weekend. Um let's let's go towards the team, Paddy. Let's look and see what way the team what way we think the team Aston Villa team is going to line up and then what we'll do is we'll probably look at maybe a small bit of the Everton team as well so mm. let me just uh, share this up here with you Paddy for those watching on YouTube we, I'm just going to share a, a lineup builder for those on the actual uh, audio podcast uh, we will obviously call out who we are we're picking here so as is always the case I have taken the liberty to fill in some players here <laughs> it's not going to be uh, we're not going to see a change in goals it is going to be emmy martinez write that one in, yeah. in permanent marker our back four is going to be the same with maddie cash Kanza, mings and target they're all in permanent marker and i've taken the liberty paddy to put in permanent marker john mcginn considering that he hasn't not started a game this season when he's been fit and when he's been available so of that, that leaves us with five players to pick from. So who do you think, Paddy, is going to partner John McGinn? Um, I suppose really, do, what I'm trying to say here is, does look Douglas Louise get sat down on account of maybe a couple of his uh, decisions against Manchester United? But who would you play for John, beside John McGinn? Uh, for, me, for me, it's Douglas Louise this weekend for a number of reasons. Um the main reason being, uh, he's took, took, taking a bit of stick um, online. Um, yeah. It's probably knock, knocked him a little bit. And I think to be included next weekend to be good for his confidence. Still a young guy. It was his birthday the other day. He was only 23. A whole lot more to offer. Um, I think it, it would be doing him a disservice if they left him out this weekend. Um, he, he's, be, he's been really, really good for us all season. You know, let, let's cut him a bit of slack. He probably shouldn't have made that challenge against um, Paul Pogba. We all know that he's going to go down the minute he's uh, clipped. So um, it was unfortunate. Um, it was it was an easy mistake to make. We've all done it. But uh, I don't see that as any reason to leave him out. Yeah, I think I'm in full agreement there as well with you. Douglas Dewey's, while he hasn't hit the highs that he did, Around this time of the at this point in the season, last season he hasn't hit that those heights as we've come into the run in this season. I still think that his energy is going to be needed, um, and I think we've seen green shoots of recovery. You know he'll know he did something silly in that game, um, yeah. and as we said, you know people shouldn't go after him on on, on the internet afterwards. But uh, I think he gets the he gets the nod beside John McGinn as well. That brings us to our front three players, Paddy. Now. I suppose this is what's Paddy going to pick more so, I think, than Dean Smith, what Dean Smith is going to pick. Because, look, we're going to throw in the wrinkle of Jack Relish is there, and obviously we're missing Ollie Watkins. So let's well, look, see what we can come up with here in the front four. 
I'm, I'm going to predict what Dean Smith is going to do because I, cool. I think that's a bit easier. Okay. You, you predict what Dean Smith is going to do and what I'll do is I'll put in what I would do if I was given the choice. Okay, so I'm taking it as a given that Jack, Jack Grealish isn't going to start. Judging, judging by his lack of game time, his, you know, his lack of time on the grass. So for me, it'll be El Ghazi on the left. Okay. It will be our good friend uh, Bertrand Triori on the right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no surprise here for me. I think it will be Barkley again. I nearly had it written before you even <laughs> said it. And this is where the big decision has to be made in in uh, our main attacking uh, focus. And for me, there's no other option but Keenan Davis. And let's face it, I think he's deserved it. Um, every time he's got on, he's put on a shift. He's got his first goal. You know, I th- I think it'll be great for him. I think I think it's a bonus for him. Ollie Watkins getting that suspension. And I really hope he gets in there and does a really good job for us. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with what you've said there. A um, couple of permutations, I suppose, or before we get on to those, really. I think Barkley is starting to, to to show the green shoots of recovery once again there. Yeah. Um, I think he's got, like, he played a good game against against Everton last week. He was okay against, against United in good parts uh, of the game. Mm. Uh, look, I'm okay with starting Barkley and taking him off after 60 minutes. I'm not okay with bringing Barkley on with no, 20 minutes to go. Um, I'm, I'm uh, ineffectual. I'm on, I'm on the fence with him with, with the weekend. You know, everyone said to me he was non existent, but you know, as I said before, he, he, he made others non existent, and, and that was the important thing for us at the weekend. We didn't see the usual McTominay bombing on with the ball. We didn't see Fred getting a, a touch at all. He was under pressure every time he got on the ball. So that's what he did for us at the weekend. He he played he played up very high alongside uh, uh, side Ali Watkins, and and he took those two players out of the game. Yeah, um, I agree with that. You know, and and that's something we spoke about off air as well before mm. uh, before we did the the podcast against Man United. And look, we know everybody won't have the same opinion as that, but look, that's just what we saw. We're not trying to be contrarian. We're not trying to just say it just for the sake of it, just to get clicks. No, or and it, and it's only a few short Yeah, it's only a few for a few short weeks ago that I was hoping that he'd never play again. You know, <laughs> yeah. and we're entitled to be fickle, as you say, all the time, Neil. And that's it. that was just how I felt about it at the time. But he did. He got he got two games in between where he played really, really well. I thought. Uh, I think I even gave him man of the match. One of the it was the was it the Everton game I gave him man I'd of the say match. You did. I think you did give yeah. him man of the match for the Everton so game. So yeah. we, we've got, we, you know, we've got to give credit where it's due as well. So you know, he uh, he was taken off at the weekend and he ran straight off. <laughs> so there was That's no man. <laughs> That's a start, isn't it? Yeah. Getting yourself into Paddy's good books. <laughs> um, <laughs> Keenan Davis, you said so. Keenan Davis starts up front for you, and and look, I think I think. Boy, I know when we're doing the team sheet tantrum on on, on Thursday, which would be coming to you guys at four fifty p.m. an early team sheet tantrum four fifty, um, usually ten minutes before the team sheet is announced. And I tell you one thing: I think Twitter will blow to high heaven if Keenan Davis isn't starting up, starting centre forward. And I don't think Dean Smith will do it. Uh, I th- don't think Dean Smith wouldn't start him up there because. Mm. Imagine the pressure Wesley will be under if he starts him. 
Whereas the fans have gotten behind Keenan Davis now. We they, he's become a kind of a you know a, I'm going to probably a bit of a cult hero this year. You know after that cross that he put in against Fulham and um and then obviously his goal, um you know it's it's he he's coming good or in in the fans mind he's coming good and certainly you know we've always been. Uh, a fan of Keenan Davis and and just his physical stature and the different thing he brings to the field. So I think he's going to start, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. But let's talk about some some permutations that could come into play here. So obviously we've got we've got some. Uh, there are options there. You know, it may not be may not be huge options, but there are options there. Whereby obviously Wesley, as I mentioned, could play uh, at centre forward. Um, Jack Grealish, it's not a given that Jack Grealish starts on the bench. That's just uh, our thoughts is that he will start on the bench. If Jack Grealish starts this game, I think it's highly likely that he starts it in a central position and that Ross Barkley maybe doesn't play because um, I think that that would give him more of a focal point. He won't need to go up and down the field as much. You know, you need to patrol really, um, you know, come back as far as the center, uh, as far as the center circle you know that kind of a job, and um, we could see that maybe the, that we've got uh, that that Jack Grealish plays on the left instead of El Ghazi as well. El Ghazi moves over to the right, and the Bertrand Traore starts up front. That's a permutation we could see as well. Bertrand yeah. Traore was known to play plays a striker for Leon. He was known to play as a striker, probably more so for Ajax. He played as played up front for a bit, and he obviously played up front as well in his uh, when he played with Chelsea and the youth teams and so on. So Bertrand Traore. Up front, while he's not going to win you a header, you know, you play the ball into his feet, anything could happen like we saw against Manchester United. I wouldn't be adverse to it, but I think that on the balance of fairness, Keenan Davis so, so, so needs a start. He really does. And um, I'll support, I'll support, genuinely, I'm in the situation where I will support whatever team goes out there because I'm, I genuinely, for what, for what we've, the bullets we have in the chamber, I think I'll be genuinely happy with whatever team he puts out but I'd be obviously be more happy with others if that makes sense. I think it's because the the tantalizing possibility that Jack Grealish is going to be back, I think, is raising all boats for me. You know, that is the tide that raises all boats for me. Yes, I would love Ali Watkins to be there. I think if we've got Ali Watkins there, I think we're favourites to win this game. But without Ali Watkins is a it's it's a it's a hammer blow. And um, you know. As I say, it would be great to have Ali Watkins there, but we're not going to have him. So having Jack back will uh, more than cushion that. It's a huge opportunity for Keenan Davis to Massive. show that he can, he can, he can have some of the traits that Ali Watkins has. So you know, let let's see what he can do. Um, give him the opportunity, throw him in there. Uh, it's not, it's not a situation of sink or swim because we know he's, we know he's good enough. We know, we know he'll work hard, and. What, who's to say that there, there's not an opportunity that if we're missing someone out wide that you can't play Davis through the middle and Watkins out wide? Because that that you know we all know that Ollie Watkins has previous in that position with uh, with Brentford. So you know there's loads of, there's loads of opportunities there, um, and it's it's no harm to see Keenan Davis get it in full ninety minutes. And I have to say I'd be absolutely shocked if that if that decision goes any other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, I can see us here, and I know this might just be giddy and playful, Paddy, but I can see us here doing a post-match uh, conversation again and going, Jesus, 
Michael Keane is going to know he was in a game because Keenan Davis gave him absolute ribbons today. <laughs> and, you know, um, whatever, yeah, look, his first touch is, at times, Keenan Davis' first touch lacks a bit. And that's okay to say. But the desire, yeah. the effort, and 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 he's when when the ball when he does actually get the ball under control, he's he's pretty good with it. You know, he can he can he can dribble with the ball, he can cross the ball. Um, and I think and, I think in fairness to him, saying that his first touch isn't. I think his first touch is a hundred times better with his back to goal than it is exactly. Goal. Yeah. So just just to clear that up, they're not having a go at his first touch either. I understand no. completely what you're saying, but I think to hold the ball up, I think his first touch is phenomenal. Yeah, and, and that's the thing as well. That your first touch gets like your first. It's it. I know they say, look, he he plays football. He he kicks a football every day, you know. And they play matches and training and stuff like that. But yeah, you play matches and training. But you know, your first touch comes with regular game time. As we've said before, he's had. Yes, we mentioned there was like fifty four games, fifty four appearances where he hadn't scored in, or fifty two yeah. appearances or whatever it was. And that only like if you add up all the minutes, that only equated to like nine games realistically yeah. so fits and starts is a very like you you do need time to warm up in games and to and to get to the pitch of it you know so mm. when we say his touch is poor in a lot of instances that's just what we've seen um i've no doubt that you know that he plays this game and 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 he he causes makes a nuisance of himself and you know what i think is actually looking forward to playing with him up front there is is ross barkley because i've said it before and i'll say it again ross barkley plays very close to the striker when we are in attacking positions mm. and you know ross barkley getting a knockdown he can't strike them from far out we saw him hit the post against everton the last time obviously his goal against leicester his goal against liverpool you know ross barkley likes to have a little bit of a little bit of a, a snapshot from 20 22 23 24 yards out so if Keenan davis can win ball, those balls in the air knock them back barkley's going to be around him and i think that's where barkley does his best work because as i've said before coming onto the ball is he, ross barkley is the opposite to Keenan davis Keenan davis is better at the moment his touch is better when he's facing when he when his guys back to goal ross barkley mm. when his guys back to goal is not very good at the moment, but when he's coming onto the ball, he's pretty, pretty good still, yeah. and he, he still has it there. Um, so, so that's a little bit there, Neil. Now, I have to say, I was about to go off on one of the, a very similar rant about uh, about uh, how, how that's going to work very well for both for both players. Um, and I, I, I will put my money where my mouth is this weekend. I think Ross Barkley will score this weekend because I think it, I think this game will suit him very well for, for Davis to hold the ball up for him. So a Ross Barkley goal with a Davis assist is what I'd go for this weekend. Like, if you look at the three that are playing behind Davis, and we are getting ahead of ourselves here. Look, we're not going to say here that, that like, this is this is a small bit of fantasy stuff because we don't know what way it's going to pan mm. out in the game, obviously. But on the balance of probability, every single one of those those three players that are going to be playing just behind Davis, they love a snapshot. A Gazi will shoot for fun. Like that's that's he's he's literally when his agent is is going for going to re-up his contract or when it, when if he's been sold at any stage, his agent is gonna to point to the fact my my client had a hundred million shots last year because a Gazi shoots more than anybody else when he's on the field, when he gets opportunities. Yeah. But he gets up but when he gets opportunities to shoot, he shoots from out far. Bertrand Shore, you just you just don't know Bertrand Shore, he's always up for a shot, you know, regardless of where where he is. So you know, if you do have someone that can win the aerial battle, knock balls down, be a nuisance, like Calvert-Lewin is for 
um, for Everton. Now, obviously, like, Albert Loon is brilliant on the ground and he's brilliant in manoeuvring inside the box as well. Mm-hmm. Let's see what Keenan Davis is like from that aspect as well. But I, if Keenan Davis just gets in there, knocks balls down for these for these three lads, they will have snapshots and they're all well able to score goals. So, um, yeah, that that is that is a small bit exciting. And look, if Keenan Davis isn't going well, well, look, we do have. Uh, Wesley to bring on as well. It's not like we don't have a like for like substitution for him. So for me, that's yeah. um, like we we could be in the situation whereby we're 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 bringing on players that could really change up the game, and that's something that we've kind of criticised Dean Smith for for not doing before. Like a Jacob Ramsey could, could come on there. He's shown it in fits and starts this season for a young kid. Uh, Jack Grealish could come on, and and uh, Wesley could come on. You know, Jack Grealish and Wesley, they, arguably they're going to improve the team. If they're brought off the bench, arguably, you know, it's so half with Jack Grealish and half with Wesley. But look, we'll see what the situation is, see how the game pans out. Hopefully, we're up 4 0 and we can blood Carney, Chuck Mwenka, and maybe, um, and maybe, uh, Jaden Philogene Bades as well. But that's, you know, that's all to be written, and we'll know all about that come, uh, half seven on, uh, on, on Thursday evening. But, uh, let's talk a small little bit about the Everton team, Paddy. Yep. Um, Everton, I don't know how, like we've already spoken about the back four. I don't, I couldn't tell you how Everton are going to line up from from the sixth position onwards. I've no idea. Uh, I can only assume that Alan and, and Andre Gomez are going to play there. Yeah. But I, th- I think Hamez changes everything really for them, doesn't it? They just it's like as if they're playing to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They they're playing to each system that they're up against. Um, they seem to swap swap it up between a three five two, uh, four 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 one one, and a four one three. Two, two, <laughs> yeah, four, three, two, yeah, yeah. I can count to ten. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I, I, I genuinely think that it will be a four-two-three-one, similar to what we saw in our previous encounter with uh, Alan and Gomez kind of sitting with Sigurdsson or Sigurdsson just in front of them, and then maybe Richarlison and who else? Obviously, you're going to have Calvert Cal- Lewin up front. Um, so it will be played the last game. It will be played the last game. Yeah, who knows? Could be, could be Delph, could be Bernard. Could be Tom Davies is <laughs> yeah. back. Tom Davies. Yeah. You know, they're 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 a good side. They're they're spoiled for choice. Um, they it was a really really good game. I think we said it after the last one. It was an advertisement for uh, for Premier League football, um, and uh, it was probably one of the best games we we uh, were involved in say since the Liverpool game, an end to end kind of game. But uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they how they line up. Um, as you said, it was it was more or less a midfield five at the weekend. So uh, I, I honestly with with Yerry Mina being out. Who who was the rock in the middle of that tree? Would Keane do the same, or would they be happier to keep a centre half on the bench? That one of their first choice centre halves, I should say, the, the likes of uh, Holgate on the bench, and that's how I anticipate they will play it at the weekend, rather than putting the three of them in there again. 
Paddy, which team has the overall is 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 taller on average? Um, we have some big guys in there. I'm going to say us. Yeah, I would. I genuinely like. I usually expect us to lose that battle whenever we're up against the team, and you normally expect everything to have a couple of hulking characters there. Obviously, Calvert Lewin is well over six foot. Michael, Ke- like when you're playing three centre halves mm. with Holgate, Keane, and Godfrey, you know, even in that aspect, you expect all them to be over six foot. Um, Andre Gomez isn't exactly small. Iwobi isn't exactly small. You know, there's none of them that I look at them and I go, they're small. But maybe they're just all in around six foot, six foot, you know, just in around the six foot mark. Like our team, but looking at this here, our team is on average is 3.1 centimeters taller. Now that's an inch. That's over an inch, yeah. you know? So uh, in any man's book, but I'm just wondering that does Keenan Davis's big, massive Iron Man type frame change that a lot? Um, based on what we have. But I suppose, really, when you look at it, Bertrand Trore is over six foot. Barkley's over six foot. El Ghazi's in and around, or, or must be over six foot. So our, our front four are all over six foot. Now, I'm not saying that our front four are going to be bursting a gut to put their head on a cross. Like, that's not it. Like, we've, we've given, <laughs> we've given El Ghazi some pelters in the past for that now. <laughs> and I don't think Visage Trore getting a goal with his head anytime soon. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's just interesting. That's that's an interesting statistic now, I suppose, that uh, I didn't expect because I'm looking at a stats sheet here. The teams are unbelievably evenly matched all season. Unbelievably evenly matched all season. Um so it's 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 gonna be uh it's gonna be a good game. I just know I know it's gonna be a good game. And uh I really am hopeful, even without Ali Ali Watkins, I am hopeful that we that we could see a Villa upset and maybe the Villa come away not losing this game. I'm happy I, don't, with that. I don't anticipate we'll lose the game. Um, I'm rather hopeful for a repeat of the, the last result, 2-1 yeah. again, I envisage. I'd like to say that I think uh, Emmy Martinez is finally going to get there, but I think that's just... I, I'm trying to put that in the back of my mind <laughs> at this stage. Um, I think there's always a goal in that Everton team. And we've just got to mm. score one more than them, so I think two one. We'll probably I, I would snap your hands off for a two one, at the at this stage. Um, be interesting to see what they do with the midfield. I think I think that will be the make or break of them. Um, you know, do, do they bring Gomez back in? He didn't play at the weekend. Um, you know, it, it's it's you know we never know. We'll see. We'll see on uh, Thursday when we do our tantrum what way we're at. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing? And I hope we're there next season where we've got the opportunity to rotate the squad like Everton do, and that's what stability in the Premier League gives you. Gives you the opportunity yeah. to be able to rotate, rotate players, and try and find a bit of form. And why we're even... a settled team is great, but when you when yeah. you get to the business end of the season, we we saw Man United yep. make ten changes tonight to what played us at the weekend. I don't know whether that constitutes sure, playing, playing a weakened team. <laughs> Well, how many teams did you see uh, getting done for fielding a week weakened team over the years? The, they make ten cha- like, like that's that's a joke shop. Like making yeah. ten changes after like after playing us, like should like surely within within like the Premier League, Premier League through through the book at Wolves for doing that a couple of years back. You know, mm. they said they, they I think they're fine, Mick McCarthy for it. So like yeah. realistically, the Premier League might have said, "Hey, 
Man United, why don't you make four changes against against Villa, make four changes against Leicester, and keep the, keep the the credibility of the team, make four different changes. Yeah. Well, to me, to me, it's just they're, they're sticking the two fingers up at the league, saying, "Look, this is what we have to do because of how you fix these fixtures." It's a lot of shite. Yeah, but it's we make sure. But what we will do is we make sure that we beat. Um, we make well, like look, put it this way: it suits them to have Leicester win tonight against United because it keeps Liverpool oh, yeah. out of the top four. Exactly. Yeah. And again, and that's you're why, kidding that's why the problem fielding a weakened team because they put out their second team tonight effectively. And and Paul Paddy, if you don't think that that doesn't come into the conversation when it comes to Manchester United and Liverpool. I've got a bridge to sell you. And that's the, <laughs> you know, the, I'm going to call it. They, that that was probably brought up at some stage. If Leicester beat us, or if Leicester gets something from this game, well, then that's less of a chance that Liverpool get in the Champions yeah. League. I, I didn't oh, want I've got any... full tinfoil hat here, Paddy. We're usually, when I'm doing work around the house, there's a match on in the background. Tonight, I had one of the music channels where it was Steps versus S Club 7. That's how much I gave a shit about the game tonight. So, there you go. H from Steps. Is it H from Steps? No. <laughs> Jesus, I'll get completely wrong here. I'm just going to shut up is what I'm going to do. I know there's somebody. <laughs> it's Richie from 5. That's what it is. Richie from 5 <laughs> is a Villa fan. Villa fan. That's what it was. I was trying to think. <laughs> uh, who it was, yeah. And if you're listening, Richie, I do apologize, and you're welcome back to the podcast at any time. Um, Richie Neville, I think his name is anyway. Mm-hmm. Less of my, uh, as you know, my pop, my pop culture isn't, uh, isn't really top notch, but um, I think that's going to do it, Paddy. So you've said this, your what was your, your score prediction again? 2 1 again, 2 1 again. I'm yeah. going to go with all. I'm happy with one all. I'd love, but as you can see by my enthusiasm for the way the front four, and I love something that's more a bit different, and I love an underdog coming good. Uh, I I really want them to do well. Um, but uh, as I say, I'm gonna just if if it's two one, I'd be delighted. If it's one all, I'd be delighted as well. So anyway, we don't lose this game. I think it's gonna be good for Aston Villa. And um, considering this is our game in hand, essentially, well, it is our game in hand. It's not essentially; it actually is our yeah. game in hand. So, you know, we have to we have to get something from this at least, um, you know, to keep the keep the train on the tracks towards yeah. uh, finishing above Arsenal and Leeds because that's where that's kind of where I want to get at the moment. It's just just a mini little goal to have because I I I think I probably think realistically Europe is probably out, out of out of bounds at this moment in time. Well, if we beat Everton, actually, if we beat Everton, we're four points behind them. So maybe it's yeah. not out of bounds. With Chelsea and uh, Spurs. Chelsea, yeah, and Chelsea would be minding themselves for a Champions League final, and Spurs, Spurs um, would be coached by Ryan Mason. So anything mm. can happen there, like you know. Yeah. Uh, Spurs were turned over by Leeds the weekend. Spurs look very kind of indecisive um, throughout that game. So you know, hey, we win the weekend. We could go four games of beat at the end of the season. It's when we do our best work at the end of the season. I'm going to call it. We did it under Dean Smith in the championship. We're going to do it again. We did it last year. We're going to do it again this year. So, yeah, book it in. Four wins from four. I'm changing my prediction. We're going 2-1 as well, Paddy. That's what it is. We're going to win. We're going to win. Um, Right, lads, we're going to leave it there. Uh, We've given you 37 minutes of something anyway tonight. 
But uh, thanks everybody so much for listening. As always, really, really appreciate it. We can't understate that and or overstate that enough, should I say? Um, you know, it's really the, the numbers are fantastic, and the fact that we keep coming on to do podcasts is because every time uh, we put out a podcast, more and more people are listening. But if you do know of people you think would be interested in the podcast, please pass our name around. If you see or see the post for this on um, on on Twitter cast nothing to give it a retweet and maybe just uh, quote tweet it and say that you like the podcast all that little bit of free advertising for us is fantastic we don't get anything from it and um, as i say we just love we love talking about villa and we'd love to to um we'd love to 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 talk to more aston villa um fans we will be back with the team sheet tantrum at 10 minutes to five on thursday afternoon so uh, just for everybody, you will be able to get it on your phones if you're not in a position to get near a laptop or a computer or anything like that. And uh, you will be able to get on your phones if uh, on on YouTube, Facebook, and I think we went live on Twitter the last day as well. I can't remember um, if we did, but uh, pop on. Any questions you have, we'd be delighted to answer them. And uh, we'll give you a 20-minute team sheet tantrum uh, live at, at, at that stage at 10 to 5 on Thursday just before the game. So thanks again, Paddy. Thanks again to absolute, to everybody who listens in. Uh, here's hoping t- for an Aston Villa win against Everton. We do the double over Everton um, in this in this most historic match that can be played in the top flight of English football. And until Thursday, all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.